You are Locked On Irish, your daily podcast on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to the Locked On Irish Podcast, your daily Notre Dame athletics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode, we are going to talk some Notre Dame recruiting for football. Signing day is today, the day that you're listening to this, December 16th. Additionally, we will react to the latest major offer by Notre Dame. Again, as signing day is starting to close down, This is a guy that Notre Dame could possibly swing. And then lastly, we are going to preview today's matchup against Duke and what you need to expect for that game. Before we get into it, folks, I am Joe DeLeon, former Division I long snapper at the University of Rhode Island, joined by Ryan Roberts, who is the director of scouting at NFL Draft Bible. Ryan, let's get into some recruiting, which I know that you are an absolute nut for. You are a big fan of recruiting, especially Notre Dame recruiting. And we've got a pretty good class here. I want to recap and discuss some of these key interesting guys that are a part of this group. And the first thing that stands out to me is how offensive line heavy this group is. It's not the only heavy recruited group, but you look at four-star offensive tackle Blake Fisher, four-star guard Rocco Spindler, four-star Caleb Johnson, and then you got the two three-stars Joe Alt and Pat Coogan. So that is a really strong group, not only bolstering your your back-end talent, but putting in and stashing some guys that could turn into some really high-end starters in two to three years when they're ready to play. Yeah, and I, I really love recruiting. I, I think it's the NFL draft background of everything. Like, I, I love the evaluation process. I love team building. So I, I feel like recruiting has always been something that I really have taken a high interest in and just kind of following along with this offensive line recruit, uh, recruiting specifically. We know we talk about it often. Notre Dame's offensive lines year in and year out are amongst the best in the country. They they really develop talent and then put talent out to the NFL. I mean, looking back to guys like Ronnie Stanley in recent years, Quentin Nelson, Mike McGlinchey this year with Liam Eikenberg and you know Robert Hainsey and, and Jared Patterson probably next year. Like every year, Notre Dame has just had guys that just are coming from the an NFL-ready system, developing their guys, and then going to the NFL. So it's pretty easy when you're a factory to, uh, into that degree to recruit offensive line. And, and looking at this recruiting class specifically on the offensive line, Blake Fisher is obviously the biggest name. He is the most college football-ready of these offensive linemen, I would say. He has that size already listed, 6'5 plus, 330 pounds. And he's not, you know, there's not much bad weight on him, really. You know, he's just a massive dude that has played left tackle for his team, has played inside, even started a game at center this year. Uh, You know, Mike Singer kind of highlighted that a little bit, just the versatility that he has. He's your offensive tackle at the next level. Rocco Spindler is the true guard that's going to be playing inside, who's a super physical kid. And then you have a couple developmental offensive tackles because you have Joe Alt who actually plays more tight end in, in high school right now kind of in the vein of a Mike McGlinchey who has that six foot seven frame that has a lot of room to grow a lot of developmental potential Caleb Johnson's kind of like the guy like hey could he be an offensive tackle probably could he be an offensive guard yeah I think he could be so he's kind of that guy that you're going to see how he develops and then Pat Coogan I think is eventually going to be that next center 
in there. He has some size that he could potentially play guard, but I think that he really fits into that center mold. So when I'm looking at this offensive t- offensive line recruiting, I could see this this unit, these five guys down the road, maybe being your starting offensive line because I think that they could really mesh well. We talked about you know starting the best five. That's what Notre Dame has kind of really created their tradition off of. Jared Patterson was a big-time left tackle recruit, but now he's playing center because he, that's just where he fits best amongst the top five. I feel like you have a lot of mix-and-match potential with this class and another great and deep offensive line class that Notre Dame has become very accustomed to, and Jeff Quinn has been doing a great job taking over from Harry Heastan, who left for the Chicago Bears, to continue this proud tradition that Notre Dame has created. It seems like there's never been an issue when it comes to recruiting offensive linemen, as you said, and that's the the big draw here is you're going to get those top guys like a Fisher, like a Spindler, and then you can recruit well by getting some of those trait-based players that have the size. Joe Alt's listed at six foot seven, which is fantastic to get in a three-star player. Maybe he doesn't pan out, but when you have a guy who's six foot seven, you have to pull the trigger and see if you can develop him maybe into a starting tackle to work his way in with this talented group in a few years when he's a junior or a senior. One thing that I draw my eye to additionally is the the man that they recruited to play quarterback, Tyler Buckner, who right now seems to be the quarterback of the future. Ian Book is likely leaving after this season. He's accepted an invite to the Senior Bowl, which is the clearest indication that he's not coming back. If you go and play in the Senior Bowl and you accept that invite, you're not allowed to return to college football. With him leaving, the quarterback position is not exactly solidified for anybody under Book. And I would argue Buckner might be in more of a legitimate position to possibly start as a true freshman if he flashes some of that potential in in training camp. I think the the best situation we could have possibly had was if Jerkovic was still around. Right. Hey, next year it's the, it's the Jerkovic train, Richard Jr. He probably has a, a fantastic season. He's probably off to the NFL because he would, in theory, be be uh, graduated at that point. And then you move into 2022 with Tyler Buckner as a redshirt freshman getting his feet wet. Obviously, with Jacoby transferring to Boston College, that theory is thrown out the window a little bit. So, hey, Tyler Buckner is going to be in a, in a race. Um, you know, the quarterback carousel, the quarterback um, the quarterback competition with um, with the guys that are on the roster right now, Brendan Clark and, and um, Drew Pine, to see who the next quarterback is. And when you stack them up against the other two, Tyler Buckner is easily the most talented of the three and he's a huge get, not only for being a top 100 recruit, not only for being a super talented quarterback, to get him from the state of California to come across country to be to, to play quarterback at Notre Dame is a big get and a big opportunity for him. Because like you said, with Ian Book gone, he's going to have every opportunity to come in here as a true freshman, which doesn't typically happen at Notre Dame, and you know potentially win the starting job. And he's that talented. If you've seen interviews with him, seen pieces on him, he wears number 12, and he says that his favorite player is Aaron Rodgers. And when you watch him play, obviously that's lofty comparison, but a lot of the things that he does, you know, the ability to be an athlete and get outside the pocket, extend plays, throw from different arm angles, run when he needs to, a lot of the parallels you can see why he, you know, kind of identifies so closely to a guy like Aaron Rodgers. So not to put the 
you know, the, the pressure on him too much. But I'm excited to see Tyler Buckner, man. You know, it, he's uh, he's one of the more talented quarterback recruits they've had in recent memory, and he has a definite opportunity to play early at Notre Dame. And I would argue that he's probably the most talented quarterback in the Brian Kelly era to be recruited because typically what we see is a lot of guys that are more athlete than they are quarterback. I point at the, the Malik Sayers, the Everett Golsons, the – Brandon Wimbush is very athletic guys, but when you look at their overall talent of playing the quarterback position, they're playing strong in a system that supports their athleticism. Ian Book doesn't even really fit that, you know, that mold of super talented quarterback. He's done a really good job. He's been a fantastic quarterback, but I think we can both agree here in terms of where he can become and, and how good he can become. I don't think he's really got much more room on that ceiling. He, he's not a big guy. He doesn't have a big arm. But when you have a guy like Buckner, he's coming in. He is going to be one of the most talented, if not the most talented freshman quarterback that we've seen in the Brian Kelly era. And we've seen now more of a transition towards uh, um, more – I'm trying to think. The, I'm kind of stuck on my words here. A more quarterback-centric style instead of more of an athlete style quarterback and I think that with that in mind it would make perfect sense and it would also be perfect situationally for him to step in and possibly start as a true freshman it's not like that's something that is unheard of in college football these days we see a lot of really talented guys step in and play right away and really flash and he's going to be stepping in with a really good offensive line a really good run game and really good receivers and I that maybe that doesn't happen but he's got a really good situation hypothetically for him to step into yeah, and, and, and I mean, he's he, if he's not the most talented quarterback in the Brian Kelly era, he's probably number two, depending on, you know, obviously Phil Dracovic, a guy that we mentioned a little bit, is obviously right. very talented in his own right. He has every opportunity, though. I don't want to put too much pressure again on Tyler Buckner because it is incredibly hard to go from playing high school football, and especially in California where they haven't played this season, transitioning to starting quarterback potentially at Notre Dame. That's a huge ask, and it's a huge pressure situation for a guy like Buckner. But he has all the talent in the world to ascend to that position early on in his career. And he has every opportunity to be very successful, maybe one of the more successful quarterbacks we've seen um, in Notre Dame over recent years, which includes guys like Ian Book, who is now the all-time leading wins uh, leader at Notre Dame. So there's been success at the quarterback position. I think Buckner has a very good chance to continue that. Coming up, we are going to discuss the latest major offer right before signing day if it's a possibility that this guy flips from his current commitment. Before we get to that, though, folks, I want to talk to you about Coors Light, my favorite beer out there on the market. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you want a moment to chill? How do you like to hit that reset button and get ready for what's next? I know on Fridays and Saturdays, that's my time to relax and my way of going about relaxing after a long week of work is grabbing a Coors Light, kicking back, and watching whatever sports are on. I'm going to be doing that this weekend when I watch Notre Dame play Clemson. Coors Light wants you to know no matter what you're watching, Saturdays are your time to chill. Even if your team isn't playing this year, there's still plenty of teams and sports on TV that can give you the excuse to chill and drink a beer. It doesn't matter what team or sport is on. Coors Light is the official beer of watching any sport or team just to drink beer. So flip through the channels, find a sport, and crack open a Coors Light. Coors Light is the one that I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that is made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, 
Golden, Colorado. And Ryan, why don't you talk to our listeners about Built Bar? We've been talking about Notre Dame's matchup with Clemson this week in the AC Championship game. A lot of people are not giving them much of a chance, so they might need a little extra boost this week. And where better to go than the best workout bar, the best protein bar on the market? This is Built Bar. It's now back with an even more delicious flavor than it was before. 18 amazing flavors, including both nut and non-nut flavors. They have six new flavors on the market, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They also have the 12 original flavors if you're a traditionalist. We're talking about coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate cake, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, among a few others. But the absolute best protein bar I've ever had, and my biggest suggestion here, peanut butter brownie. All bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy on the go. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are all, are all low-calorie, low-sugar, but also high-protein, high-fiber, and they're great for the keto diet. Peanut butter is another great uh, flavor bar if you want to check it out. It has 19 grams of protein, but only 180 calories, only 5 grams of sugar, only five grams of net carbs in the bar. Also, coconut almonds, cherry barcia, cookies and cream all have about the same in terms of the protein, the calories, the sugar, and the net carbs. They are all great tasting and equally good for you. Built Bar has reset the promo code now for the relaunch. So now with limited time offer, you can get a free cooler with a purchase. So you might want to take advantage of that opportunity right now. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, that's all capital locked on, and you'll get 20% off of your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Coming up later in the week, we are going to be previewing the Clemson matchup, so stay tuned for that. That is coming up on Thursdays episode of Locked on Irish. Ryan, continuing our conversation on football recruiting, we have to mention and have a whole separate segment for a guy that was recently offered by Notre Dame because this guy is extremely talented. Audric Estime out of New Jersey, six foot, 215 pound running back. This is a four-star running back. And this dude, it's pretty simple to, to, to explain to him. This dude is big as hell for an 18-year-old. He is built very well as a power running back and can step in, maybe not as a freshman, but when he's ready to play, he can have a serious contribution in this running back group as a change of pace for what we typically see with these Notre Dame running backs. A lot of speed on this roster right now at the running back position, and Audric Estime is a guy that could provide that different style of running back to the group. But right now, he's verbally committed to Michigan State. So things are not exactly guaranteed that this dude comes to play for the Irish, but it sounds like there's a chance that he might flip by the end of signing day. And so the situation that we're in right now with Audric Estime, we've got to give a big shout-out, obviously. He's a New Jersey guy. We're both New Jersey guys. Had a huge senior season. I think he had like 2,000 yards in only eight games or something like that, like 200-plus yards a game. Absolute phenomenal year. Four-star recruit by basically every single recruiting service. Top, 100, uh, top 200 guy, I mean, by 24-7 sports. So he is a very highly 
recruited, very highly touted running back out of the state of New Jersey. So the situation here is Notre Dame wants to take two running backs. They have Logan Diggs, who's from Louisiana already. They want to pair somebody with him. They Their biggest let, guy left on the board has been Donovan Edwards, who is from the state of Michigan, by all accounts, is a Michigan lean, but Notre Dame was heavily in the conversation in the top three for him. From this timing here, how close we are, and just the general information that's kind of been out there, with the offer to estimate from all accounts, from Mike Singer from Blue and Gold Illustrated, from, from a couple other sources, Audric Estime is expected, if he got this offer, to eventually land at Notre Dame. Now, why is that significant? That means that they probably weren't in the best situation with Donovan Edwards, who was their potential prize running back recruit, a top 100 recruit in the country. So this offer kind of indicates to me that they're probably not in the conversation with Donovan Edwards anymore, but that's fine because we're looking now at Audric Estime, who is a Michigan State um, commit, as you said, right now. But it sounds by all accounts that he's going to be a potential uh, decommit and flip here pretty soon. And Notre Dame is going to add something to this roster that they don't have right now. Kyron Williams is one of the best running backs in all of college football, right around 200 pounds. He's a little more space player. He has really good contact balance, but he's not a big back by any means. Chris Tyree, similar molds, not a big back, just, just south of 200 pounds, but he has got that dynamic speed. Audric Estime, immediately, as soon as he steps on campus, even if he's not you know contributing a ton as far as touches, he brings a size and physicality aspect to the running back position that they do not have right now. So he is a potential big get for Notre Dame if they can sway him and, and flip him for Michigan State here. Yeah, this is somebody that I think, like you mentioned, who has a legitimate shot to flip right on signing day. That's not a, a 100% guarantee, but if you consider what he currently values, it sounds like he's pretty interested. So in an article from Rivals.com, Adam Friedman wrote this article. There were a couple quotes that, that stood out to me. He talked about they don't have a running back that's over 205 pounds and they're looking for a bigger back to bring some something different to the field. They want a back that can play all four downs, and I think I can bring that to the table. I haven't been there. This is in reference to being there. He says, I haven't been there before, so I'm not sure if that will happen before I sign or not. If I sign this week, I won't have enough time to visit. So uh, some of those phrasing on those remarks to me sound like he's he's really considering this offer. And look, I would argue right now, Michigan State, it's a decent program. They're not doing very good right now. They're not the same program that they were early on and midway through the 2010s. But I could tell you right now, I think that he realizes I can go here. I can continue to develop physically. He's a guy who I think currently at 215 is lean as hell which you really don't see a whole lot with with high school recruits could maybe work his way up to 220 and and still have what you want with him which is being a powerful strong running back maybe he doesn't contribute as a freshman because Kyron and Chris Tyree are going to be the primary guys but I don't think that's the end of the world sit a year continue to develop with one of the best strength and conditioning programs in the country and then step in that second year and start to carve out a role as a redshirt freshman. This is a really, really good spot for him, and he needs to understand that, and I think he does understand that he has the opportunity to play early. Yeah, and he um, also, not even projecting him to potentially being a different style to Chris Tyree 
and Kyron Williams. Also, they're bringing in Logan Diggs, who's 195 pounds. So he's a smaller back who has a little, probably a little more juice to him. He's a little more of a home run threat than a guy like an Audric Estime is. He's a perfect complement to a guy like Logan Diggs. And, and it's it, we talked about how the offensive line uh, recruits this year could potentially mesh together down the road. I think Logan Diggs and Audric Estime down the road could be a really nice one-two punch that bring very different things from skill set perspective. So big-time thing here if we can get Audric Estime. It's, um, Michigan State has been a little down this year, so getting a flip from them is probably a good idea. That's why I think that for a lot of people – they thought maybe we could sway Donovan Edwards, who is a Michigan lean, just with the the, um, the struggles that Michigan has had this year. But make no mistake about this. I want to put this out in the universe. I want to make this very clear. Audric Estime is an excellent football player. He is not just a consolation prize because you couldn't get Donovan Edwards. He is worthy of being this highly ranked top 200 in the country. He is, the, he is worthy of having a scholarship offered to the University of Notre Dame, and he can be a contributor down the road. This is not just a throwaway offer because you couldn't get your guy. He is a legitimate player who has a bright future moving forward. In a few minutes, we are going to preview Notre Dame's next basketball matchup against Duke, which is going to be today, later tonight. Before we get to that, though, folks, we're just going to take a really short break, and we'll be back very shortly. Tomorrow is Crossover Thursday all across the Locked On NFL network of podcasts. You'll get a mix of shows where teams are going to cross over with their upcoming opponent. If you're interested in tuning into that, make sure to check that out. Crossover Thursday is a great way to get a quick breakdown of every game for your fantasy team or your parlay. Crossover Thursday is only on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every single day. Day. Folks, also, if you're enjoying the show so far, make sure you hit that subscribe button. And just so you can stay up to date on everything Notre Dame Athletics and everything with our podcast. So right now we have coming up later tonight on Wednesday, the next matchup for Notre Dame basketball. They are opening up ACC play, their very first opponent, that being against Duke. This game is expected to tip off at 9 p.m., on ESPN, home game in the Purcell Pavilion. So this is a, a another home game in a spot where they need to continue their success, a, a decent game against Kentucky, a win that helped keep them at 500. And this Duke team has the same exact record, 2-2 two and two so far on the year. Their two wins, however, come against Coppin State and Bella, Bellarmine. I can't even pronounce it. I have never heard of that goddamn school in my life. I have no idea where that is. What I don't even. I was going to look up what level that even is, but frankly, I don't care because that that win means nothing to me. Coppin State barely beat them by ten points, and their losses are to Michigan State and to Illinois, which are both ranked teams. So it's a bit of a mixed bag here, Ryan. We can't really tell for sure how good this Duke team is, but one thing we know, they are uncharacteristically struggling right now. Yeah, it's it's a very odd. I mean, we'll always say that this is an odd year with the pandemic and everything going on. But <laughs> you know, we 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 just played Kentucky and they're having a rough year. Duke doesn't look super impressive so far. I mean, they have guys like Matthew Hurt who are off to a really nice start, nineteen points a game, over eight rebounds a game. Besides that, though, like 
Your leading scorer is averaging 19. Your next guy is only 11.8 in DJ Stewart. And, it, and it's not super impressive so far. Like you said, beating Coppin State by 10 points doesn't really move the needle for me. Beating Bellarmine, let's say that's how you pronounce it. They beat sure. Bellarmine in general is not an impressive win. And they lose to the two ranked opponents they have so far. So I'm thinking, hey, we had a good timing to play Kentucky that's struggling early in the year. Maybe it's another good time to have Duke at, you know, we're at home against Duke that is off to a very, you know, uninspiring start. And I think this is a good situation for Notre Dame, who had a nice first half against Kentucky, did not finish out super strong. But hey, they show that they have some potential to work with. So another, hey, no matter what, even if they're having down years, beating Kentucky and Duke back to back in basketball is still notable, two of the better programs ever, you know, through the history of college basketball. So don't turn your head and be like, oh, it, it, Duke's not great this year. You're still beating Coach K and Duke at home. It could be a big win. I think Notre Dame might have the opportunity to get them at the right time right now. It's important to establish that this team is not as – not bad, but they're not struggling as much as Kentucky is right now. They have a little bit more identity – they have some better veteran players, unlike what Kentucky had. So this is going to be a more difficult matchup. Now, if you play the way that you did in the first half out the gate against this Duke team the entirety of the game, I think that this is one that you can come out with a victory. You can come out and win this game if you play as strong as you did in the first half, facing off at home against this Duke squad. Taking a look at some of their best players, Matthew Hurt, 19 points per game. He is also leading the team with 8.3 rebounds per game. Behind him, DJ Stewart is the second top scorer, 11.8 points per game. One thing that stands out to me, just taking a look at their season statistics, they currently only have a 2.8 scoring margin, which is not a good number to have when you face two really bad teams and then two ranked opponents. You'd, you'd at least hope to be winning by a lot more that that margin, that average margin of victory is a lot higher. The one thing that stands out to me also is that their strong suit is certainly their rebounding. Now, this is a, a weird Duke team because they don't have anybody over six foot nine. However, they still average 40 rebounds per game and a plus five rebound margin. So that is something that we're going to have to watch in this game because Notre Dame didn't do so hot when it came to rebounding last game, especially on the defensive boards, allowing a number of offensive rebounds that, that put offensive uh sorry second chance points into the hands of Kentucky so they're going to need to bust their ass they're going to need to play hard and rebound effectively and I'm looking right at Juwan Dorham because he is going to be the guy that needs to play a good game when it, I know that you're, you're you're smirking a little bit Ryan and I it, it feels like I'm constantly coming at him but this is a game where he needs to play well he need he needs to rebound well because Notre Dame doesn't really have anybody else who is a big man who's supposed to be that leading rebounder and he's just not doing it I hear you. I hear you, man. I, I just I, I thought for a minute we were gonna just get through a podcast where without Jordan me bashing him, Jawan Dora. I, I well, when he proves me wrong, about. I will. I'll stop bad mouthing him. I hear you, and and we definitely need him because, like you said, averaging over forty rebounds per game, plus five margin per game. I mean, if if Duke has done anything really well so far outside of Matthew Hurt being a good basketball player, is they they have rebounded very well despite their what it would be perceived as size limitations. So you need a guy like Juwan Dorm to show up, which he did not against Kentucky, you know, getting in foul trouble, not really producing when he's on the court either way. Like they Notre Dame lacks size, just like Duke lacks size. So they need 
to really have their six foot eleven front court center, right? Like they need Juwan Durham to show up and alleviate some of that advantage that Duke perceives to have on the boards because they are a very good rebounding team. You need Juwan Durham. You need some length. You need some size down low. He needs to show up in this game like we kind of been calling for for a few games now because Notre Dame outside of him does not have a ton of size to, to use in, in the uh, front court. So big Juwan Dorm game. We need the usual guys, you know, Hub and Ryan and Lashevsky. Like all those guys need to come and play. But I think we need the size to come in 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 um in big time this game against Duke in order to pull another upset here. Right, and I think this entirely needs to be focused on that because you have the height advantage across their entire lineup. It's just a matter of how does Durham play against a group that he has that height advantage. And I know Lashevsky's rebounded well, but that's not necessarily what he's built to do. He's a he's a much better space player than he is play down in the low post, go grab those rebounds. And I don't want Lashevsky to be my leading rebounder. So like that's the thing for me is I Durham needs to be the one to step up because Lashevsky keeps being that guy and he's really not built for it. Right. I mean Lashevsky's six foot ten, so he doesn't lack. He's a size. lot thinner. He's, he's a lot thinner. Yeah, he's he's thinner and he's that stretch four, you know? Like mm-hmm. you're gonna use him on the perimeter a bunch. He's not like a low block guy where offensively no. or defensively he's gonna be a dominant force down low. That's just not his game. He can spread you out a little bit. He's got some decent touch for a bigger guy. Jawan Dorm is the guy down low that needs to assert his presence both offensively and defensively because he 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 utilizes his size more than Lashevsky's able to. Well, folks, that is going to be it from us on today's show of Locked On Irish. Coming up on Thursday, we are going to give you a full preview of not only the Clemson ACC championship game, but we are also going to be previewing Notre Dame's next basketball matchup. That being against Purdue and also Friday, you'll get to hear from Ellis Tolbert, who is the host, the new host of Locked on Clemson. So we're going to get to hear from him. We're going to have a nice conversation with him. So stay tuned for that. Folks, also make sure you hit that follow button for us on social media at Locked on Irish, at Joe DeLeon and at Rise and Draft. Please subscribe if you like the show thus far. And if you're looking for something else to tune into, Head on over to Locked On NFL and get yourself ready for the upcoming weekend of NFL action on Sunday. We'll talk to you later, folks. See you on Thursday.